Amen. Listen, I know it's drizzling. It's the weather is not summery. It's more autumnish and springish. But you see, in the house of God, we are able to overcome that. Amen. So please don't give me a drizzling amen. Amen. Yeah, give me a summer amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Yeah. You have to, you have to develop the grace to go against the grain. Amen. It's also a grace. Yeah. You don't follow the wind. You have to be able to go against the grain. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling down, so I'm excited. I'm tired, so I'm strong. Yeah. Yeah. My financial situation looks like it's going down. So I'm, I'm in a wealthy place. Amen. But don't deceive yourself. Okay. Hallelujah. Yeah. If you are a Christian, you must be able to go against the grain. Because we walk not by sight. Isn't it? We walk by faith. Yeah. And our faith is the evidence of the things that we are expecting. Not necessarily the things that we have. Isn't it? Because when you have something, you don't require faith. When you're expecting something, you require faith. But also, what it tells us is that so long as you have faith, at some point, we must have the evidence. Amen. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, are things changing? As the person is, is is change coming on. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when I start teaching on a topic, I just seem to see it in everything and everywhere. Isn't it? Yeah. You know? Because for some of us, we are even expecting the weather to change. And when the weather is not changing, we are getting upset. So even, even the weather, you are expecting it to change. What about you? <laughs> yeah. If the weather has to change and it's, you know, you, expect, you know when it should change. June, July, August, it should be like this, isn't it? September, October, November, it should be like this. December, January, February, it should be like that. Then March, April, May, it should be like that. Then we have classified it and given it four seasons. Yeah. Or where some places do they have two seasons? But then we expect change, nevertheless. How much more? Us. Amen. I said this thing right when we began this, and I'm going to say it again before we even have a recap. Once we realize that some things should not and we shouldn't allow it to change, and there's also wrong change and change that you shouldn't indulge in. The thing that you must always realize is that we really, really, really cannot stop change. So you either become an agent of change or a victim of change. That is the reality. Do do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll give you a a very good um, glory example. Yeah. When you are growing, you will change. Parts of your body will wrinkle, part of your body will wear out, whether you like it or not. So you can either become a victim of it, or you become an agent of, okay, I used to get away with this, 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 this. Now I can't get away with this, this, this. So now I have to take care of myself. I have to eat right. I have to exercise. Do you understand? Because as for the change, it's inevitable. So either you become a victim of it, or you become an agent of it. And how many of you know that when you are directing the change, is better than when the change is directing you? Yeah. It's true, it's true. And it applies to everything. Because the things that change, they will change. Whether you are in tune with it, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Those of you who even now feel that you are so smart, intelligent, sharp, you know, and when you read, you capture. Just by virtue of growth, your brain will not react the same way to knowledge. It's true, it's true, it's true. Yeah. If you are investing now, you have uh, what we classify as a very mature student. Go and ask them. Process of learning has changed. And it's not because they've become denser 
because it's inevitable change. Do, do you understand? Yeah. And that is why sometimes when you are being encouraged, and I mean, especially when we have Nana, and I say, listen, be a reader, be a reader. Be a reader because if you don't, the brain as it is, is changing. So what does it mean? If you are going to be an agent of change, that means you have to do something to at least, do you understand, manage it well. It's true. A lot of the reasons why we have dementia and all those things. You see, you realize, haven't you realized that there are some illnesses that are uh, uh, defined in specific locations? Yeah, because you see, when you get to Africa, you are not going to find so many people, old people, suffering with dementia. Do you know why? Because the, by virtue of the system, the brain is always active. No, no, it's true. I don't care how old the person is. I, even if the person is in a remote village or whatever, they, even if it means they are going to the farm, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, there is continuous activities which keeps the brain ticking. Do you understand? Because if the brain is slowly dying off and you are helping it to die off, you speed the process. Because, you see, when you get there, you mention dementia. Most people don't even know what it is. As far as they are concerned, they even treat it as madness. Yeah, because it's not, it's not known. But they don't even realize that actually it's just because they are adapting to it. Do you understand? But here too, they'll tell you, you are what, 60, they say, you have retired. We have finished with you. Then you realize that those who retire and then they pick up whatever, golfing, something, whatever, you see that they adjust to the change better. Then you see that some also get very depressed, very frustrated, and then slowly everything closes down. Yeah, because you're closing shop. And that is even one of the things that we, you know, we are going to look at a few scriptures today, and then you realize that the cycle is sort of fixed, and we must spin, you know, if you are driving, you know, even if you're a fairly bad driver, when you get to a sharp curve, you can't go straight. I mean, unless you are welcoming death. But if you are not welcoming death, you see the curve, what do you do? Yeah. You can't say, as for me, I'm going straight. I'm keeping my, I'm just going straight. You're either going to go over a, a barrier, go into a ditch, go down, a, but definitely your destination will be quickly arrived if you don't change. So how come where that we don't realize that literally every area of our life there has to be some level of change at some point. If you don't brush your teeth well for a long time, Let me stick to all my Christian examples and let's stick to. Last week I tried to give you what the meaning of change, isn't it? What does it mean? If you have it, you can read it. So at least we'll know that we know what we are talking about. Oh, please give her a microphone. Listen, today we probably will have like five or ten minutes. You can ask a question on it because one of the things that I think is really important for us as Christians is that let our Christianity be reflected in our growth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If you are maturing as a Christian, it must reflect. It must reflect. Can you imagine if somebody is sitting in a lecture hall for four years, five years, six years? Still, they are not coming out as a nurse. They are not coming out as a teacher. They are not coming out as a doctor. They are not coming out as... What are they? Please give us the... Um, change, once you have... Change is to make or use something in a different way. Change is to become different. Change is to take or use something else. Change is the process through which something changes. 
Change is the exchange of one thing for another, especially of the same kind. Change is to form a new opinion about something or somebody from an old one. And change is to make a new decision about something. Is that what you have? Somebody has any more? Because we had a few more. We said change can be for the better or for the worse, isn't it? Then we also say that changing, we use the changing gear as an example, isn't it? Yeah, so you can change, go forward, first, second, third, fourth, cruise, control, whatever. Or you can go in reverse. It's a change, nevertheless, isn't it? Then, but we, we had a preamble that there are some things that should not change. What were they? Changing in your fear of God. God doesn't change, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then there was also the what, why, when, and who of God never changes. Only the how is subject to change. Yeah. Um, so what God expects of us as Christians doesn't change. Why he's expecting that from us doesn't change. How we meet that expectation, how we meet that uh, instruction, how we meet what the word of God is t- uh, saying or instructing us to do has to change. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because, yeah. Is it Einstein who said that if you are doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, you know, it's just a sign of madness. It's absolutely a, a sign of um, madness because I mean if I if I stick to the M62 and I'm determined that I'm going to stay on the M62 and get to uh, Scotland <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter how many years I drive on the M62 Scotland is definitely not coming yeah. for those of us who are married or those of us who are studying it doesn't matter what you're doing if you are studying and the way you have been studying you are failing at some point, you, can't, you have to realize that your method is not working. Yeah. For those of us who are married, you can see that your marriage is not nice. Do you understand? Know and you're still doing the same thing. And your marriage is still not nice. And you're going to keep doing the same thing. But hopefully, and you're praying. You see, that makes our Christianity so ridiculous. Because we are doing something the same way. And nothing's happening. And we are praying for transformation power. And we are praying that God will transform the marriage. God will transform your finances. You are spending money in the same way. And you are praying that you'll be saving. That there will be financial breakthrough and prosperity and increase. And financial enhancement and development. Yeah. Yeah. Then, you know, and, and as soon as we take it into the spiritual realm, we separate it from the actual condition. Yeah. Double, double. Everything now, double, double, when that song came, man, I, used, I put one of our young pastors in trouble because he used to really like it. And every time he started dancing with it, I would go by him and I'll say, and then I'll be going, pray for me. I try and change and I don't change. Everything now double, double, Jalof now double, double. Wife now double, double. Then he will be responding. Then his wife will look at me like, what? <laughs> and I always call, I, he always fell into that trap. Because when we say Jalof na double double, then he agree double double. Wife na double, then he will start. Then he will see that no, the forces are not on his side. Yeah, but we can sing double double till the cows, you know, come home. Nothing will change. You will not get double financial breakthrough if you are doing exactly the same thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If you say you won't work, but you you ask for you you won't work. But you know that there will be a miracle coming your way. I don't know whether through lottery number. I don't know. You are, you, it's, it's not possible. It's not, I mean, you, you, you feel that your, your, your life is not joyful. You're not happy. But you're doing exactly the same. You're watching the same depressive movies. You're having conversation with the same depressive people. You understand? You're meditating on the same depressive situations. But you are praying for joy. I receive the joy of the Lord. You know, in the presence of the Lord, there is liberty. You can quote or you can do, but if you do not change, it will not change. Your misery will not change. 
it will not change. Yeah. No. Everybody is fighting with me. Everybody is fighting. Why is everybody fighting with you? Because your mouth is too sharp. If the mouth doesn't change, every time you will fall into trouble. Yeah. You know, I noticed that every season of my life, there were people who were professional gossipers. And you realize that they don't change. So you see that every time they are in trouble, it's because they've gossiped about somebody. Yeah. And then they hold the title for however many years. But every time they get into t- trouble, they get depressed. And why is it? And you know, when you are the professional, you realize that you are the one who will always be standing out. Because obviously, if you are gossiping, it's never alone. <laughs> but, the answer, but the others are partakers. You are there. But you understand why? It's because you know. Yeah. Some of us will be diagnosed with something. They'll say, oh, you've got hypertension or high blood pressure or whatever. There's, there's, there's. Then they'll give you the instruction. Cut out this, stop this, start doing this, start doing this, start doing this. Then you give it mental assent. Yes, doctor. Yes, nurse. Yes. And then you don't change anything. Then every time when they do altar call, if you have any part of your body... I'm preaching, I'm preaching, but I don't think you realize that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, If you have pain in any part of your body, the Lord is here to heal you. The Lord shall deliver you. All the, then you can't do, pray for you. Then as soon as you leave, you go and eat your salt and your sugar and your pepper and your, it doesn't even make sense. What else did we talk about? Change is not good when it's in the wrong direction. Change is not good. So the type of change you shouldn't do is the change that is fundamental to your faith or to your life. What am I saying? Don't change wives or husband. It's not the one of the things you change. You can change how you relate with your wife or your husband, but you don't change your spouse. <laughs> you people, you, you don't, I don't know why you're, me too, I don't even know what's going, I don't know what, I don't know what they are trying to do, but I, 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 I mean, I will, yeah, 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 me too, I don't know, I don't know, I think that they, they know something that we don't know. <laughs> There are some things that you shouldn't change. Do you understand? You shouldn't say that from today I'm no more a Christian. Neither should you also change backwards and backslide. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be on fire for God, but you know, now we take it calm and we take it easy. It's bad change. Yeah, 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 yeah. As for me, you know, I used to be really generous, but now I am mean. After the experience I went through, it's not a good thing. It's not even a good thing to have now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, first I used to be helpful and I used to, but now I'm not going to waste my time. It's not a good thing. It's change, but it's not good change. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I used to have that mindset that till I marry, I'm not going to let anybody sleep with me. But now I've seen that it's not that important. It's not a good change. 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 Yeah. yeah. I always, you know, was always determined that, you know, alcohol and drink, you know, drinking and all these kind of sort of things, you know. Yeah. It was my way of life, you know. Then I finally realized that actually, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> then we spoke about why do we need change? Now that we know that some change is good, why do we need that kind of change? Yeah? My. Without change, I will hit a ceiling and not develop any further. Without change, you will hit a ceiling and not develop. I was hoping I would look at this one maybe next week. Because the 
greatest barrier to success is actually your current success. Your greatest barrier to your success is your current success. Because when you think you have succeeded, you are very likely not to go any further. So that one actually becomes your barrier. And then that is why you can easily hit a ceiling and not break forth. Yeah. And that is where you have a certain mindset of what has always been done is always going to work. <laughs> Which is not true. Do you know that? Yeah. What has always been done doesn't necessarily mean that that is always. And I told you that, listen, your husband once upon a time may have liked fried chicken or whatever. He's not going to work for 35 years. He's not going to work for 45 years. It may have succeeded. Yeah. I, I, somebody sent me a, 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 a clip. It wasn't good at all. She's a nurse. She's a, I think she's a psychiatric nurse or whatever. She sent me that. She said she felt that it would be something that I'll be interested in. And it was a clip. And this was a lady who I think she had overcome something. She was sharing it. And what it was is that she would hold a bunch of flowers and she would be like, it's not because it's Mother's Day, it's not because it's my birthday, but my husband gave me this because um, then she would tell the story. So it starts with, oh, um, I left the tap running or something and then he came home and he really shouted at me and got so angry and then, you know, and then the next day he brought me flowers. Then it ends. Then just again, she's holding another big bouquet, and she will say, "It's not because it's a special occasion, or whatever, but um, I prepared food for him, and when he came, he didn't like it, and he threw the food at me." There's, 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 a, and then the next day, he brought flowers. Then they'll show her with her nice bouquet of chocolate, and they say, "She say, um, yesterday I didn't, whatever she didn't do, and he slapped me, and he this and this and." Uh, and then the next day he brought me. Uh, then they'll show one. I think he poured like hot water on her. I mean, something very bizarre. It's getting serious, I tell you. And then this time when he brought the flowers, she balanced the flowers back on him. And then she said, this time I'm off. Do you understand? So even though the flowers had always been working, had always been working, at some point that plan doesn't work again. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah. So whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, you have to realize that the fact that it has worked once, twice, that doesn't mean that it would always work. Yeah. That is why even in life, what we will be calling traditional now, once upon a time was contemporary. <laughs> do, do, do you understand? Yeah. And now what we think is contemporary, one day to be traditional. Yeah, even our way of worship. That is why people struggle. And they'll say, why come now we, uh, we are not singing hymns, whatever, you, you, you know. And then some people are thinking that, oh, hymns are, you know, old people, is old time, whatever. But what you don't realize that your R&B gospel and whatever, in another years they'll be like, what was that? Yeah. yeah some time ago when, Drums were brought into church. So people couldn't cope with it. Why are they drumming in church? We need our organ and then. Yeah. Now, drums have fallen. People have moved on from that. Now they have their, all their, what is it? Yeah. We have to move on. Even when it comes to the sound, they have a whole new, which we think is contemporary by two. So what happens is that somebody who had the organ and thought that, no, no, no. That is it. Actually, that was what will bring your downfall because that, the organ succeeded in that time and worked well with whatever form of music. And it worked. But then if you think that success will just continue always, then you're going to get stuck. <laughs> and and it's, it's sad because you realize that the world understands it better than the church. The world understands it much better than the church. So why are the children of the world wiser than the children of God? Why? 
Because we have become so rigid in our everything. We have become so rigid in everything. And you realize that once we find one thing, we assume that that is it. When I tell people that sometimes they just get so, it's like they they had never thought of it. I said, there's no way in scripture that says when you're praying, close your eyes. There's, if you have found that verse, show it to me. Yeah, you'll find kneeling, prostrate, whatever. You don't see, and then when they had closed their eyes. <coughs> Where? Have you seen that verse? Me, I haven't seen that verse. There is absolutely no verse. But it was, it was introduced because then it just helps you focus. Takes your mind, distraction, whatever. So if the season comes, and then maybe now, People are lying down. People are whatever. You also, you that you were closing your eyes and doing whatever, you don't look down on them and say, oh, they have gone crazy. The closing of the eyes and the folding of the work for you. But it, because that is also prayer. That is also worship. Another time is going to come, they'll have something else. Yeah. You see, when you think about some of this, and then you realize how stagnant we become. Because even if somebody is praying, maybe they have their dark glasses on. We assume that they are not praying or they are not serious Christians. Why? Because we have defined spirituality in our head. <laughs> that if something has to be spiritual, it has to look a certain way. It has to behave a certain way. It has to act a certain way. But we really don't have scripture to back it. I think she put the heating offense too hot in here. We have drizzle. We don't have snow. We don't have sunshine. We are in between. You see how weird it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes somebody gets saved and then the person maybe had already designed their hand, had some tattoos or whatever. We get nervous. We get nervous. Why is the person uh, preaching with their tattoos? Or why is the person... Yeah, the sin they, 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 they were into or, or the negative thing that they were into before salvation is on the outward. But maybe yours is not. That is how you know even as you mature as a Christian, your ability to change and to adapt. Yeah, we will never change the word of God. We will never change the instruction of God. But if God tells us to do something, allow us to do it so that we'll achieve that which God wants. Yeah, what else? People like to settle and like things that are safe. And that is why, that is what I'm trying to drive out of us that we should not be so comfortable and be so settled in our ways. We shouldn't be. It's not a good thing. Your life will be dull, boring, and your Christianity will also be dull and boring, and you will even enjoy it. You should push yourself. Yeah, you should push. Those of you who started going on evangelism and struggling, you realize that as you go more and more, you get bolder, you get more excited, you get more interested, you even become, you know, more confrontational. Because you have to push your, it's not, yeah. Some people will insult you, whatever, it doesn't matter. Don't stay, when you are safe, you won't go far. You won't do very well in life. You won't enjoy your life if you stay in a safe space. It's not a good thing. Yeah. I think that if you, if you have a melancholic tendency, you are prone to that. When you're melancholic, you don't like to take risk. You don't like to, you don't like to, you know. But it doesn't mean that you don't try. Because the more you try, do you understand? The bolder you become. And it makes you enjoy your life, your family, whatever it is, you will enjoy it better. Yeah. Married people must stop staying in a safe space. You have to push yourself a bit. I'm not going to give last week's example. Tundo. Dr. Lamte is also here. Let me behave myself. Sorry. 
he would, he would know that, you know. I have good examples too. Yeah. As a church, we should not stay in a safe place. Yeah. Today I was having a chat with Pastor Tan and I told him that as the men are launching their, uh, they're having their first men's conference, after that, push yourself. Push yourself. Yeah, if you are mighty men, let's see you begin to do mighty men things. Don't be afraid. Reverend has always told us this, that listen, failure is not failure unless you stay in it. Do you understand? And anything you will succeed in, you will fail at it. You, you, you know? Recently, um, one of these um, Bible, online Bible, free Bible apps and things we had, and then the church that started one of them, the pastor was like, Nobody knows that about 15 years ago when they tried to have the, that idea that they should do up, he said they spent about $100,000 and they lost it all and they did nothing. It was useless, wasteful. Totally. Most people will be nervous and actually vow never to go near that. He said after, about a year after one of the Guys came back and said they have thought of an idea that if they adjust, it can. But this time they will have to invest about three hundred. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Now they have about five hundred million people using that app. Can you imagine if they had given up because they lost hundred thousand? I'm not saying lose under that, but I'm saying that on your level too, you have something that you've got to push yourself. And then we say, well, change what you think before you can change. Yeah, read it, my assistant. I must change what I think before I can change what I am doing. Wrong thinking equals wrong actions. True or false? True. Yeah. If you are not thinking correctly, you won't be behaving correctly. And that's why most of the time you have to try and think correctly quickly. Because some of the thinking is on the spot. <laughs> you understand? It's not like, okay, I'm going to think about it. Sometimes you have to think in the moment, you, now. Do I zip up or I zip down? Instantly. It's not for discussion. It's not like I'll be back right now. Oh, sorry. I'll give another better. I am in the show. <laughs> if you don't change your thinking, you won't change your doing. You won't change. If you don't, listen, if you think that the things of God are boring, you will never do the things of God. People don't understand how their married God will. Your married God messed up because of the way you are thinking about your spouse. If you have made up your mind that your spouse is not handsome or it's not beautiful, or you've made up your mind that your spouse is too dull, you are, that is what will happen. Yeah, so you, you do that which we do with boring people or ugly people or dull, whatever it is. Because that is how you are thinking. And that is why when you're also thinking a different way, you see that you behave differently. Yeah. yeah. If you think that your, hu your husband or your wife is your A1, do you know A1 husband? We have A1 wives and A1 husbands. In CICC, we have A1 husbands and A1. A1, that distinction. Hey! Hey, no, 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 no. We also have, no, no, we have the Z squared. <laughs> Everyone has one. They don't do any wrong. I told you that one day we went for a, a pastors, a pastors and their spouse conference, and then as they were talking things, then one of the wives, you know, she was sharing, you know, how amazing her husband is and this, and she was talking about either when she was, had a baby or when she was unwell or something. You know, when she woke up, you know, her husband was washing all her underwears and things. All the husbands came to kneel in front of them. <laughs> they said, pray, pray for us, pray for us. Hey, original A1. 
<laughs> yeah, but you see, something like that even tells you what he, how he values his wife. That he, he doesn't mind doing that. It's a message. It's a message. Yeah. But it's because of how he thinks. Do you know how he thinks about her? He thinks about her as one. As far as he's concerned, that is his. You know, Dorothy, these are her topics, so when you come to this, uh, But then you see, when you also think about your spouse as your neighbor, your relationship is different. Your door is locked, your bank is locked, your this is locked. Even parts of your body are locked. Listen. <laughs> <They're> not, <laughs> Change, but starts from the top. When we look at Romans 12, we will understand something. Change. And the last thing we said, what, what, the art of not knowing. Yeah, I must develop the art of not knowing. As yeah. soon as I acknowledge that I don't know everything, enables me to explore and discover Absolutely. Yeah. I'll become a ridiculous and a frustrated pastor if I think I know everything. How possible? That is what drives you to knowledge. That is what drives you to learning. That is what drives you to have a better understanding. Be- because I don't know everything. I don't know everything. I, can, I should not know everything about my spouse. I should still be discovering. And that is why sometimes parents are surprised because they thought they knew their children. Oh, chair. You don't know. You don't know. Recently, I, I, I had a friend who was just about to go off. Because after paying thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for their child, that they thought it was school fees. <laughs> Matthew 21, please, my reader, read it from Matthew 21. Read from 28 to 32. I'll give you one or two and then we'll go. Matthew chapter 21. I'm just going to show you a couple of things. You see that change in this direction, there's also change in that direction. You also see those people who just resist change. And it's funny because you know that in life, the truth is that all of us like change. Want a new house. Want a new car. We definitely don't want a new bride. But we want new things. We want new clothes, new shoes. Isn't it? Want a new computer. You want new things. If there's nobody else, they say that, listen, come and get a new house. You say, no, I like my old house. <laughs> what we should begin to understand is that most of the time what we are resisting is how the change is coming or what the change will cost us or what the change will involve. Read it for us. Matthew chapter 21, verse 28. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go, work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? Hmm. (laughs) Both of them changed, but one was in first gear, one was in reverse. Oh, I'll go. It changes my angle. No, I'll go. Actually, I'll go. Both are change. But one was positive change. One was negative. Luke chapter 7. Read from verse 31. That is why I always tell young men, take your time before you tell somebody I'll marry you. Because it's not a good thing when you say, I'll marry you, then you go and say, mm, mm, mm. so don't say it. Yeah, it's better to, you know, engage in a friendship, do you understand, and you be thinking about it. Yeah, let it even appear like you are not interested, so that when you, it's better. Then, yeah, I, I, and you see, I don't realize why, Uncle Willie, people haven't learned that in this church, 
those kind of conversations always come to me. There's a brother that I'm about to have a meeting with him on Friday. He doesn't even know. Friday, I will catch him. Oh! Friday, I will catch him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will put him in reverse. <laughs> Yeah, read your scripture. Luke chapter Pray for seven. me. <laughs> <laughs> it says that the rod of correction will drive out all foolishness. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, read. Luke chapter 7 verse 31. And the Lord said, To what then shall I liken the men of this generation? And what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another saying, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, he has a demon. The Son of Man has come, eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by all her children. Keep reading. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman... L- l- listen, so these... Uh, the, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. He said, John the Baptist, you know, he was very radical, you know, didn't mind earthly things at all, was not interested in any earthly thing. You still had an issue. I've come, I'm attracting sinners, you know, I'm attracting people that would normal, normally not be accepted. I'm engaging them. Now you say, ah. And then you look at verse 36 and it says, one of the Pharisees asked him to come and eat with him. Keep going. And he went to the Pharisee's house house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, <laughs> would know who and what manner of woman this is, who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who, whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly you judged. You see, even that last verse tells you that we struggle to even change it. What do you mean by you suppose? After all that has been said. Well, it could be, maybe, yes, I suppose. When you're wrong, you should know that, okay, no, this is, never be afraid to say that was wrong. Never to be afraid to say, I have to change. No, no, no. It is actually a sign of your maturity. It's a sign of your growth. It's a sign of your development that you're able to say, no, this one was wrong. Yeah. What I said was wrong. What I did was wrong. Where I went was wrong. Yeah. How I'm approaching this thing is wrong. I have to change. It, it, it's a disease of not just us as individuals. It's a disease for us as communities. Sometimes it's a disease for us as nations. And that's why you find politicians that they even struggle to say that, no, what I was saying was wrong. <laughs> what I was trying to implement was wrong. I will implement it by all means. Because, you see, even as a church, if we are trying something and it doesn't work, we should change it. You shouldn't sit there and you also shouldn't be forced to Oh, but we've always done it. Why are they changing it? We're changing it because we want it to work better. Even your iPhone and your Samsung things, every now and then you get what? Update. And at some point they'll warn you that you have to update. 
Yeah, I used to have a iPhone, a iPad, whatever. My first iPad from 19, <laughs> 20 what? 2010 or tw long, long ago. It's almost 10 years. And at a point you get attached, you know, and then Reverend started warning me, you know, it's coming to the end of its life. It's coming to the end of its life. It will be good if you back up the things now. It will be good if you, if it will be good. You think I'm listening? I'm not listening. It will be good. He said, no, no, this is an old idea. One day, and then I also had not gotten the wisdom of when you see update, update. One day, I think I was traveling, and I took it with me. And then, must have been at the airport, I plugged it in to charge. And then it came, update. I said, inside airport at this time, even at home, I want updates here. I'm definitely not updating. Then you hear your flight being mentioned. I just pulled it out of the black, wrote the, this thing, arrived at my destination, put it in the black. I'm not joking. Till today, it never came on again. It didn't give me warning. It didn't answer any question. And I said, this cannot be. So I carried it to Apple Store. The people looked at the thing when I arrived. The man started laughing. <laughs> what can I do for you? I said, I'm trying to switch it on. It's not switch. I don't know if it's there. There's, he said, oh, I could take it for, uh, what do they call it? Snops? Synopsis, yeah, too. But um, I can tell you, you don't need that. It's finished. I wouldn't want you to waste your money. I said, but I didn't um, back it up. I didn't. Then he asked me a question. Um, did it tell you to? Then I, I had a, 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 you know, a Pharisee moment. I suppose that. <laughs> I suppose, I suppose that it was, uh, yeah. Why we should not struggle to shift, to change, to adjust. It is, should not be a problem for you. Learn it. Learn it. When you are a parent and you are taking care of your two-year-old, by the time they get to five, change how you are parenting them. By the time they get to 12, change how you are parenting them. By the time they get to 15, change how. They can't be 15 and then you are talking about bees and birds. Please. How you even talk to them must change. How you relate with them must change. Otherwise, you won't know even when you lost them. Because they took the motorway and you were still on A1. No, 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 no. You are just. You are just. The problem sometimes that we have is that we learn that when a child misbehaves, you beat them. My friend taught me this thing. She said, when all you have is a hammer, everything becomes a nail. It doesn't matter what, whether it's paper, whether it's water, whatever. You should know when it doesn't work. And you should know when that is not the tool you should be using. Can you imagine you're writing an exam? Your pen, you're writing. You can see that the pen is finished. This is the pen I really like. It's just got my spirit in it. This pen, I just like. There's no ink in the pen. There's all my luck is inside this pen. If I drop the pen, you are either going to fail or drop the pen. You either drop the pen and pick the other one. Or hold your empty pen. The pen. That's for me, that's how I was brought up. That may be how you are brought up. Things have changed. Psalm 37. Oh, we're going to close now. I wanted to give you the power of change. The power of change. 
Number one, the most predictable reality on earth is change. The most predictable reality on earth is change. Psalm 37 verse 25. David said something. He said, I've been young and I've been... Where's my reader? Psalm 37 verse 25. Psalm 37 verse 25. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. The most predictable reality on on earth is change. You cannot be young forever. You cannot be old forever. You'll be young. You'll be old. You'll be alive. You'll be dead. Totally predictable. Yeah. You can't predict the time. But the event is totally predictable. Number two, change is inherent in life and in creation. Change is inherent in life and in creation. If we appreciated this fact, all these plastic surgeons don't even have money. Nobody will go to them. Yeah, nobody will go to them. Let me give you one more. God has created everything in a way that it will experience natural change. God has created everything in such a way that it will experience. How many of you, if you have a plantation, a farm, or even your small garden behind your house, you put a tomato seed in, you see some small stem come out. Eight weeks, 12 weeks, three months. Nothing else is happening. You worry. Oh? Yeah. When a child is born and they are eight months, one year, and they are not rolling, you worry. Two years, they are not standing. You worry. Three years, don't open their mouth and say anything. You worry. Because we have been created that way. That we will transform, we will change. You're expecting them to start. How many of us have seen that little video that the father is talking with his child who is a few months old and he's not saying, it's absolutely amazing. If you haven't seen it, please see it. It will make your evening nice. You'll be happy. Yeah, there are a lot of junk on internet. That is a joyful. If you haven't seen it, I'll find it. I'll come and show it to you. It is really very nice. The child is doing his... And the father is interpreting it for us. So they are watching a video or a movie, whatever. And then when the little boy does, I told you, I know. Why did? Then the boy will be like, yeah, should it happen? It's fantastic. Absolutely. You see, but on that level, it is nice. If two years time we see them on that couch. (laughs) And they are doing, Even the father will not respond to that. (laughs) At this juncture, one may ask, when shall you start talking? Yeah. But it's okay for the age that he's at. In fact, it makes him even appear so intelligent, even though he's saying nothing. But we are not even expecting him to have that mannerism and all those characteristics. So it's like, "Mm, A1. But we won't accept that. When he's three. No, no, no. He's just sitting there. But please find it and watch it. I beg you. It's great. Natural change. Natural change. Natural change. Natural change. And you see, if we are born again, that is also a new birth, which means there has to be natural change in your new birth. Yeah. If sin was so strong on you, you can't be in, your, in the faith three years, four years. The same sin is strong on you. Then either you haven't been born again or you are suffering from 
Let me give you this last one. Humans are the only creatures who have the power to determine and design the change they desire. Wow. Humans are the only creatures who have the power to determine and design the change they desire. Because the plants, they'll change, but it's not dependent on them. Yeah. Isn't it? They need uh, oxygen and sunlight, and then they'll grow. I discovered this. They said that animals function on instinct. So like when you watch all these geographical channels and you see that they, are, they operate by instinct. But humans operate by intentions because we have a will. And that's why we can design the change. The scripture says what? he will give us the desires of our hearts. So it means that we can actually desire. We can actually determine which direction our changes. We can, because as for we, we can do things intentionally. Do you understand? We have that grace and that has been given to us as human beings that we can determine, do you understand, which direction we want to go. That, that's why you can't just say that your life is not an accident. Who you are is not an accident. Who you become is not an accident. Virtue of how you are changing, we can tell how you're going to be. Acts chapter 5, verse 35, we're going to close with that. I don't know how you've thought about your will, but your will is actually what powers your desires. Your will. Because you say, when you say, I will, yeah. What, what it's saying is that that's what you want. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Some of us are thinking right now, when I get home, I will eat four plates of chicken. That's your intention. Yeah, that's what you are planning for. That's your will. This strange phenomenon that has come on the internet where young people uh, prep up others to commit suicide. It's just a strange, weird thing. Yeah, young people. They are just about to jail a couple of them because I think somebody was just talking about how they are not happy and whatever. And then they were like, no, the best thing for you is just kill yourself. And then they'll be sending you reminders. Have you done it? Are you? Yeah. That's why, because we have intent. And we have control of that. We are talking about 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds. It's crazy. Yeah. So on the social media, they'll just be hammering you. And then they'll be helping you use this. Don't use this. Do it, do it at this time. Are your parents home? Are they not home? Do crazy. And that is why, even if a parent of such a child, if the parent is relating with the child like they used to relate to a child when they are four, they're in trouble. Because when they are four, you assume that once in their room they are playing uh, teletubbies. Or, so no, they're not playing teletubbies. Acts five thirty-five. Let's go. Acts chapter 5, verse 35. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thudas rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. So he's warning them that, listen, take heed of the plants. Take heed. Of your will, take heed. Because you see, your will is going to direct your change. Because if your will fits your desire, your desire is what you will act on. So take heed. Take heed. Take heed. Take heed. You know, when Jesus told Peter, I said, listen, Satan sought to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. It wasn't even something that was really on uh, Peter's mind. It wasn't even something that everybody was like, hey, 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 you don't have a clue what is coming your way. 
Some of us don't realize that if we don't change certain things, we have no idea what the devil has planned for us. We are playing with fire, but we don't realize that we are playing with fire. We are playing a dangerous game that we don't take heed. He that is stand, take heed, lest you fall. 